Welcome to the Peanut Butter and Mountains podcast. This was originally actually streamed as a YouTube live, so you can find it on my YouTube. There's also YouTube questions at the end that I was receiving from some of the people in the chat, which were pretty good. So buckle up and enjoy. Today, we are going to be getting into a good subject, one subject that has come up quite frequently with at least my audience on Instagram, and that is through hikes to do with a full-time job or basically on a limited time schedule, right? We're all working, well, most of us, right? And it's hard to get that time off right? Let's just put it that way. I always say with my Colorado trail through hike, I got done very fast because I had no other option because I couldn't, basically, I didn't want to get fired from my job, right? So this question comes from Shelby on Instagram. So I am going, I got a list here of ones that I've either done or ones that I've heard of. A lot of these are mostly going to be uh, predominantly in the West, there is a couple on the East Coast, though. And a lot of these trails are going to be trails that I'm generally familiar with and can speak to. So I'll give you a little bit of a backstory with some of them, as well as where you might be able to find more resources. And then at the end of the episode, how to navigate some of these trails. Most of these trails will be on one navigational system that I really like to use. And then some of the other ones, I like to use a different navigational system. So let's make sure if you're doing these, you stay found and you're not lost. It's also a really good way to plan your resupply on them as well. So last thing here, we have another co-host and he's going to be coming in. We're going to be recording some podcasts tomorrow that we'll be releasing not on live, but we will be releasing on Spotify. So but let's get into it. So number one, the number one through hike that you could do with a full-time job. No surprise here. You've probably heard of this one, right? This is the John Muir Trail. And let me tell you, I'm really bullish on this trail. Uh, not only because I hiked it and it was really kind of my like first long through hike, but it is probably one of the most beautiful trails in the entire world, definitely in the country. This span, so you can go two different ways on this, right? And a lot of you have probably heard of the southbound route out of Yosemite Valley to Mount Whitney. That is probably the most popular one. And however, it's also very tough to get a permit there. Okay. So what I did when I through hiked this was I went northbound and I went out of Cottonwood Pass. These permits are way easier to get not in a lottery system like the southbound permits, but it does add on miles and it does add on difficulty because you are not acclimating as fast as for when you're going southbound. But hey, it's a way to get on trail and I had a great experience regardless. So those are the two ways you can go. You can enter the lottery system going southbound, typical route, or you can enter a little bit easier of a permit system going northbound. Southbound's about 210, 212 miles, I believe. And whereas northbound is about 240. So you have an extra 30 miles uh, to the back end of that, to the back end of the northbound route. The John Muir Trail, 
a lot of people underestimate it. I underestimated it when I first uh, got on it and I got walloped by it the first three days. It's very high elevation, but with that high elevation comes very beautiful scenery. You're in the Alpine for pretty much the entire thing. And uh, it is just incredible, incredible, incredible. It took me going northbound. It took me 14 days. So that is two weeks, which is usually the allotted time that I guess people kind of get off from work. Also, any questions? I'm going to put this in the chat bar real quick. Uh, questions. Let me have it. Respond. I'll respond to uh, questions at the end so I kind of don't break this up. All right, number two on the list, this is the Tahoe Rim Trail. So this trail is about 170 miles. And this circumnavigates Lake Tahoe. And the nice thing about this trail, honestly, is that you are going to end right back up where you got off at, you know, so you park your car wherever the heck that is. And then you're going to be right back there at the end of the journey, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> you know, JMT, one thing that I'm going to be uh, getting into is I'll, I'll go into some of these hikes a little bit more that I have actually done. I haven't done the TRT, but I, obviously I did the JMT. I'll get into like a whole episode for that. Transportation is kind of a bitch on the JMT. I will tell you that. And that's a point to hike. TRT, that's a circle. And honestly, this is, I think, one of the best, from what I've heard, one of the best beginner through hikes that you could do. So I would put that one on your list. Some of this is also on the PCT. There is no permits on this. The only permits that you need, to my understanding, is in the Desolation Wilderness, which is in the southwest corner-ish of this trail. And that's only to is that's only if you camp there, and it's a 20-mile section. So there you go. You can also bike pack this, uh, the same with some of the other trails on this route, which you know, I'm looking into getting into a little bit more because let's be honest, a bike would make it a lot, a lot faster. <laughs> let's just say that. Number three is what I got is the long trail. The long trail, this is the, I'm giving the East Coast some love here. The long trail is, it runs the length of Vermont and it shares access with the Appalachian Trail. I, I believe it's like kind of like half and half. Now, what I have heard about this trail, and I've talked to a lot of thru-hikers that have done it, is they enjoyed it. It is somewhat of a green tunnel. I mean, you are in an enclosed canopy for most of the trail, which honestly is something that I'm not too, doesn't really jazz me up that much about it. You know, I, I like the wide open vistas. I like the mountains. I like the alpine. So I, I will probably do the long trail at some point to get the triple tiara, but it'll probably be next year. The other thing with the long trails is that it's supposedly it's a super tough trail. And so what that means is it's basically up and down, up and down, up and down. There really is no like real switchback type things, which is really typical of like the PCT and some of these Western trails, right? But there really isn't a lot of, it's really more up and down. And apparently there's like a ton of roots, ton of rocks, things like that. So that's just something to be aware of. That's about 270 miles. So 
maybe a good through hike for when you do get a little bit more of experience, especially if you're flying from the West Coast to the East Coast. I do know that I think access to the trailhead can be a little bit of a challenge with that one. Okay, we're getting into a little bit shorter ones now. These could be done with like less than a week. Okay, so number four we have is the Wonderland Trail. Now, the Wonderland Trail circumnavigates Mount Rainier. So this is just like the Tahoe Rim where it circles Lake Tahoe. This one circles Mount Rainier, which is in Washington State, which is a very, very, very underrated state in my opinion. I think it's better than Oregon, and I live there. But, you know, anyway. Uh, so there is a permit system with this, though. You don't need it if you're going in about four days or so. So if you could get it done, I mean, it's about 100 miles, but I think it's like if you can get it done within three or four days, you probably or you don't need a permit. You'd have to obviously check it. But this is one that does require a permit. And it is a little bit, uh, I've, I've looked into it a little bit. You, you got to know where you're going to be camping each day, which, you know, as a through hiker is super hard to know. I mean, that it, it, it can be, you think you know where you're going to camp one of these day, nights, but obviously something happens or you meet someone and you want to go past it. And so it's super tough. But with the Wonderland Trail, you have to basically stick to the camp spots of where your permit says you're going to camp. That's unlike the JMT though. Or the JMTs, you need a permit to hike the trail. You just don't need to like, you you need to put down where you're camping, but like you don't need uh, to camp there every every single night. It's just a rough estimate. Number five, we have the Rogue River Trail. This is about forty miles. I did this in the spring last year. This is in Southern Oregon, very very dry. And yes, it's called the Rogue River Trail, and I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, oh, well, you probably follow a river for the entirety of the trail, which is kind of true. You do follow the river for at least parts of the trail. However, it's not. it wasn't as much as I thought, I guess. I, I, I thought that it was going to be a little bit more of a, you know, right next to the river type of thing. But you kind of undulate, whatever the word is, uh, above these cliffs. Some people have actually sadly fallen off some of these cliffs before and it was actually like a couple weeks after i had went which i don't know how you, i mean i didn't i felt very safe with that but you know i don't know some of the camp spots you do share with river rafters because it's a very popular rafted trail so just be aware of that some of the ones on the obviously not on up on the cliffs but on the sandbars you could be sharing uh, campsites with some of the rafters. I will say that there was some campsites, though, that were literally some of the most beautiful campsites I had ever seen on a through hike. And this is after I had done the, the JMT. It was They were really, really, really cool. The best time to do this one, though, is actually uh, counterintuitive. It's actually in the spring or the fall because it's very, very hot down there. And uh, some of it can be kind of exposed. You're in the trees for a lot of it, but a lot of it's exposed. This could be an also uh, another good multi-day hike or, or long mileage trail for you if, if you're just stepping into it. The reason is because over the 40 miles, there's about 4,000 feet of vert for the entire thing. The entire thing. So 4,000 feet of vert for 40 miles is pretty, pretty mellow. All right, number six, we have the Timberline Trail. So 
This one is absolutely beautiful. I actually did this one after the weekend after I got done with the John Muir Trail. But that was because I was heartbroken because my ex-girlfriend broke up with me in the Reno airport. What do you do? I don't know. What do you do with that? But you go hike the Timberline Trail. That's what you do. So I went, hiked the Timberline Trail. It was awesome. Super beautiful. No permits for this either. You have great views of Mount Hood for the entirety of the trail. Bunch of wildflowers. I did it in August and there were still wildflowers. Ton of river crossings on this. I did not was not really realizing how many river crossings there were. There were, and you're going to get your feet wet in some of them. They were, I wouldn't say terrifying. They were just really exhilarating. Uh, they weren't as bad as as what they look like from afar, but definitely be aware of some of those river crossings. But great trail, great great trail. We're actually going to run that one this year. Uh, this yeah, this summer. Number seven, similar to the Timberline. So you could actually make a weekend out of this. If you are in the Washington area or if you're in the Oregon area, you're visiting or you live in the PNW, you can make a total weekend out of this. The next one is the Lewitt Trail. So this is Mount St. This is around Mount St. Helens. Oh, and the other one, obviously, it goes around uh, Mount Hood. So the Lewitt Trail and the Timberline Trail are also circumnavigating trails. So you end right back where you started. Now, the, or the Lewitt Trail is around Mount St. Helens. And Mount St. Helens is, you know, that's the one where the volcano erupted. So you get pretty much these awesome face shots of Mount St. Helens the entire time. And super good trail. I use it as actually a shakedown hike for the JMT. I guess I've, I don't know if you knew this, but I did the JMT. Anyway, it was a great shakedown hike for that. This is about 30 miles. Again, no permits. The one thing with this is the best season to do it is probably early summer because any later and the water will dry up. And I ran this one uh, this year and I got to a spot at the end of it where I thought there was going to be water because there was water there when I had through hiked it. There was no water. So I did the last like 10 miles out of a 31 mile day uh, with no water, so which kind of sucked. You're, I mean, I wasn't going to die, but you know, kind of sucked a lot of the water there too, just as an FYI is going to be silty and very, very muddy, which it, you really can't drink. I mean, you can try to, I mean, it's going to clog up your filter and you're just, you probably going to get sick. So there is certain water sources that you want to filter from and get water from there. Couple other things. There is some cool rope crossings with this. It really um, some of the moraines from the glaciers. You, they're like deep, like I mean, deep, deep moraines. And you have to go down in there, and you actually have like little ropes that are already attached to the, a rock or something. And you have to kind of like not really. You're not like technically rappelling, but like you are like coming down um, the ravine, and then you have to climb and crawl back up the next one which is pretty cool. There is, there's only like a few select camp spots on that one. You can only, you can't camp on the North side, which is the blast zone. And, but there is like good camp spots in the plains of Abraham, which is on the East side. And then also on the West side, which is, I cannot remember the river for the life of me, but that is um, your first basic, basically your first water source, which is 10 miles in from when you first start the trail. 
which so there is a little bit of water carries on there, especially later in the summer, which is why I would say go early. Number eight is the Teton Crest Trail. I actually just heard of this one on Instagram. I literally never knew anything about this. I hear it's from like 22 miles to 40 miles to 50 miles. I really don't know how long this thing is, and I the internet couldn't tell me either. So we're going to call it between 20 and 50 miles, but it's in the uh, Tetons, if you couldn't tell. It's in the Tetons in Wyoming. So another good one. I had a couple buddies that uh, were saying it was a beautiful trail. So one to definitely try out. Number nine. Okay, so we have PCT section hikes. This is what I actually, this is actually what started uh, my journey into long distance hiking. And what I actually started with was a 100 mile trek in Oregon on the PCT. And that's where I really kind of fell in love with through hiking. And the reason why was because honestly, you're around the culture. I thought I was going to be I thought it was just going to be a solo trip by myself. I was just going to crush this thing out, right? But I actually ended up enjoying spending it with a lot of the people on trail a lot more than just solo. Uh, so PCT section hikes, never rule those out. If there's a section of the PCT, especially that really inspires you, go for it. One that I would recommend, and it was the first 100 miles that I did, was Willamette Pass to... Sandy Am Pass in Oregon. So you can check that out. There's some blog posts on that. I That was back before I was filming. And honestly, if I was filming during that point, I probably wouldn't have finished it because it was pretty dang tough for me at the, at the point. But it is one thing I should mention with these through hikes. If you are looking into getting into some long distance backpacking, one of the best things to do is do a 100-mile hike. 100-mile hike, you'll figure out what you need, what you don't need, and what works, what doesn't work. So Really good things to know, especially once you start getting into more difficult, uh, you know, hikes and things like that. So the some of the last ones here. So I don't know. I kind of hesitated to put this one on there because this is kind of a tougher one to get off for. But it would be the Colorado Trail. So I did the Colorado Trail this year. And like I said, I had to get it done within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, I was going to get fired from my job. But, you know, probably wouldn't be that bad of, a, bad of a thing, actually. But, you know, we need some of that. We need that income. I need to buy a mic. I need to get a computer. You know, I need that internet to live stream around here. You know, we need to keep the lights on. So, the Colorado Trail is up there. You do not need permits for this yet. I am skeptical that they might start, you know, permitting this. Uh, so, that is something you know, definitely to watch out for, but there is no permits yet, which is great. This is shared with bikers. So you got to be aware of your surroundings for a lot of it because these bikers are probably the most dangerous animal on the trail, in my opinion. Although I did see a bear on the first day. Now, when you go in the summer, it is monsoon season, but obviously typically that's the best time to go. Monsoon season simply means you're basically going to get thunderstormed and rained on for most of the trail. Uh, every single afternoon, I had a thunderstorm that I had to contend with, that I had to get cover under, that I had to make sure I got over a pass or whatever for it. It's just something you get used to. 
It happened to me on the JMT as well. But so just be aware that there is a monsoon season for this. And it does last for, I guess, I think July is the worst. I don't really know. I don't live in Colorado, but be aware of that. Again, this is a lot bigger of a jump. Now, one thing that I actually just sparked my memory, this is good, this is good, 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 is the Collegiate Loop. This would be another cool little through hike. So the Collegiate Loop combines the Collegiate West and the Collegiate East on the Colorado Trail. Basically, the Colorado trail has two different variations that you can take once you get past the twin lakes you can either take collegiate west or you can take collegiate east now there is a difference between these two what did i take i took collegiate east no yes no i took collegiate oh my god now i don't remember i took the let i took the easier one let's just put it that way i took collegiate east i think yeah because again, because that was the time frame. Now, Collegiate West, I believe. Gosh, I gotta look this up real quick. Because if I butcher this, this is gonna be really bad. I think it's. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Collegiate West, yes. So Collegiate West is the more scenic of the East versus West. Collegiate West is like, you are going up to Hope Pass. You're staying in the Alpine. It really, I guess, from what it what people say is it resembles the San Juan Mountains, right? So the San Juan's on the CT. When you get into the end of the CT, that's the best part of it. And so you're above Alpine, right? And it's just gorgeous. So you can do the loop and you actually, again, it's another circumnavigation. You can come back. Uh, get out from where you started. And I think it's like a hundred miles. I'm not quite sure. Something or something around that. But, you know, probably the best through hike that you could do, or the best thing that you could do to make sure that you can through hike while having a job is probably subscribing to this channel. That's what I would do. I mean, why not? Like the video, subscribe to the channel. Why not? That sounds like a good way. Uh, so we will. So I just, you know, I just had to throw that in there. A couple other ones, and then we're going to get into how to navigate these trails. And then I'm going to take, uh, we'll read through the questions. I see my buddies are spamming me. So amazing. Why wouldn't you have buddies that spam you? Okay, so the Wind River High Route. This is another one. So what is a high route? A high route is essentially an off trail through hike. And so what do I mean by that? So obviously on all these trails, these trails that I had mentioned, they are very much established. They have trail maps. They, uh, it can be, you know, I mean, it's hard to get lost. Let's just say that, right. It's hard to get lost on this type of stuff. The Wind River High Route is a route that is in the Wind River Range in Wyoming, which is what I'll be doing this summer. Now, this one is kind of, to me, it's a little bit more of a challenge than a through hike, and only because, and not so much because of the mileage, but it's because of the navigation, and it's because of, there is no, there's like a route, but there is no trail. So I think like 80% of this route or something like that is off trail. So basically, you're navigating by, uh, 
really line of sight, topo maps, a compass, and you got to figure out like what is the best way over this pass and how can I stay high enough and not dip so low that I have to keep going up and down getting this unnecessary vert, right? Which is pretty appealing to me. We did a version of this called the Alpine Lakes High Route this summer and put it this way. We had a <laughs> we had a 13 it took us all day to go 13 miles. Yeah, it took us all day to go 13 miles. Although there was 7400 feet of vert in that, but it took us all day to go 13 miles. To put that into context, my largest day on the CT was 28 and a half miles. But on a high route, it took us all day to go 13 miles. And that was not even uh, that, you know, there was a lot of trail that we actually had to hike on that trail. Like it wasn't all off trail, but only like the latter, latter part of that was off trail. But it was super hard. There's talus boulders. There's um, cliffs that you have to navigate around. So it's super challenging. But something that I'm trying to get into, I really like that aspect of it. The second one with that would be the Sierra high route, which is a little bit longer than the wind river high route, which is hundred miles. The Sierra high route, I think is like 170 or 200, something like that. Some of it, I think shares, uh, some, uh, it does share some of the trail with the JMT. That is to me, another step up in the levels, but we will eventually get there. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, which was another question I was getting on Instagram, which was how to navigate on these trails. And probably the holy grail for a through hiker is called the, uh, the gut hook guide. Now, they recently changed to far out, and which I don't know. I don't really like that name. I'm not going to lie. I like gut hook, but... You know, to all us old school uh, hikers, I guess it will be Gut Hook. But Gut Hook Guide or Far Out is a, an amazing resource because it gives you little icons to see where the next water source is, where a good campsite is, where the next pass is. And, but not only that, you can act, it's, it's like a crowdfunded site. I don't even know if I'm using that in the right context. But what I mean by that is that you can comment on there. And you can read the comments for certain conditions. So say that I come up to a water source or there's a water source. I know it's 20 miles away, right? Click on it. But I don't know if it's still running. I can read the comments and usually someone will put in there flowing, flowing good, flowing good, flowing great, small flow, trickle, something like that, right? So you know now that, well, I should probably fill up way more water at this last source that I was at than... Uh, you know, make, you know, bet my life on the next source. So gut hook guide far out is amazing. I mean, just off the top of my head, I know that they have the JMT, the TRT, the Tahoe rim, the long trail, the wonderland trail and the Colorado trail on there. So, and then obviously if you do any of the PCT section hikes, they, they have the PCT or you can do like a state by state of the PCT as well uh, by that guide. Now for some of these other ones, how the heck do I do those? So I actually used to use Onyx Maps, which if anybody is a, a hunter in here, they know what that is. I used to use that until I was on, oh, that actually just 
sparks my memory for another through hike. Until I was on the Wallowa River Loop, which is in the Eagle Cap Wilderness in Oregon. Another one to write down for a great through hike. That is about 30 miles and absolutely gorgeous. One of my favorite through hikes, actually, or, or small through hikes, if, if you will. I was on that one. I was navigating with this map, and dude, the trailheads were all off. The next the loop that I had to take was off. I was lost for a little bit, and that's not the only time that's happened to me because it was also happened another time in Oregon. So I scrapped Onyx. I still have it, but I scrapped it and I got Gaia. Gaia seems to be what all these hardcore people are using. Uh, Gaia and Caltopo. So Gaia GPS is something that you can uh, you can you have a free version of it, but to actually have any use of it, you actually need some sort. You need to buy. It, basically you need to buy it download it so you can have downloadable maps and see where the heck you're going because let's face it you're never you really don't ever have service on the trail so gaia is usually the way that i do it with those so for like the lewitt trail the timberline trail and then i'll just download like that section of the trail and then i'll just keep that with me on my phone Caltopo is another good one but this one's kind of more for I use at least for like backcountry touring, so like skiing and stuff, to see the slope angle shading of the different slopes, to see how avalanche prone they are. I don't really use it that much for, except sometimes I will, like if I'm planning hikes or something like that. Which again, I just had a good thing you guys are staying on this podcast, because I keep keep remembering through hikes that I keep forgetting. Another good through hike, which I plan on Caltopo, is the Uinta Highline Trail. That is in Utah. So I had a buddy that just did that, and I ditched him this year because I wanted to go on the CT. We were going to go on the UHT. I said, dude, I got an opportunity for the CT. So I went on the CT, but what do you do, man? I went on the CT, but yeah, the the Uinta Highline Trail is another good one. Darwin uh, on the trail actually has a, a good video on that one. Looks super, super, super fun. All right, let's look through some of these comments. What's up, Brian? I have not seen you for a while. You were, if you're still on this, I think you did the PCT this year, so, or last year. Let me know about that. Heck yeah, Corin. I love it. You know, most employers are kind of, uh, to my surprise, have been, from people that I've talked to, they're pretty supportive of it because it's like, oh, wait, you're not going to go to Florida and go sip on a Mai Tai on the beach? Like, well, that sounds sounds pretty interesting. You're going to go actually go walk for 400 miles or 500 miles? That's interesting. The other funny thing I find with employers is that they all think it's a vacation. It's like, dude, this ain't a vacation, man. <laughs> like, I'm suffering every single day on this trail. Like, not a vacation. Did your employer hire someone to cover for you during your time off or coworker? That's a good question. That's actually one of my friends too. What's up, Connor? Did your employer hire someone to cover you, cover for you during your time off, or did a coworker pick up the extra work? Any animosity from your employer? Gosh, that's a good question. So, luckily, I did this during like peak COVID type thing. Well, right before we started, we were still remotely working. So I work for the government. I do a government job anyway. 
and we were still remote working at the time. And I kind of formed it as like, hey, this is the my only opportunity to do this because we're remote working and we have really low like clientele right now. Do you think this is like possible? And I knew this was a big ask, although I did take a bunch of time off for the JMT the year prior. So they were kind of used to it. And to really put it a long story short, my bosses are super supportive of it. My main boss is super outdoorsy. So I kind of explained it to her. I'm like, hey, this is what it is. It's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I don't really think I can do this again. And like they were totally cool with it. As far as coverage went, yeah, I did have a coworker to cover some of my stuff, but we weren't honestly like that busy because like I said, it was kind of, you know, coming back from COVID, we didn't have, I work in the parole and probation department, right? So there wasn't that many clients that we had to have contact with because of the COVID requirements and all that kind of stuff. So we actually weren't that busy, but I did have them cover some stuff and, you know, they were totally cool about it too. It's like, I think it's the point, like you aren't, you're doing something like so freaking out of the box that people like are kind of forced to respect that because how many times does someone say that I'm going to go walk 500 miles or 300 miles or 200 miles and do this thing? Like it almost like kind of commands respect in a way, in my mind, I guess. And no animosity from the employer at all. They were super jazzed. I was kind of, I was actually giving them updates. Like every time I would get service, I would send a picture of something and they were like, Oh my gosh, like that's so cool. So that's actually a really cool thing to do. A good tip is send pictures to your boss. If you're, if you're cool with them like that, you know, obviously of the, you know, of the expanse that you're in, especially if they like the outdoors, they, they super appreciate that. They really do. And you might inspire them. You never know. What's up element lifestyle. Sierra is a beautiful name. Houston's. Yeah, that is true. Did you take knee? Did you take or need micro spikes on the CT this summer? No, actually, I started June 30th, uh, evening in June 30th. I did not take microspikes, and I was monitoring kind of snow levels prior to that. And yeah, nothing, nothing was really concerning. I think the first time or from what I've heard on the CT, really the only time you kind of need microspikes, obviously, is if, you, if you're going in June, yeah, you're probably going to need them. But if you're going anytime really in July, it's pretty much like prime through hike season where you don't really need them. People do say that there is lingering snow around Breckenridge, which is within the first 100 miles, or I think like the passes between Breckenridge or maybe right after. So, you know, maybe again, it kind of depends on some levels, but a really good resource for that is to check out the Colorado Trail Facebook group. A lot of people are posting conditions on there. And that's kind of what I just followed. I followed that and then Snowtell. I went online and saw that. And I kind of just gambled too. I just, I was just like, I think I'll, I'll be fine without them. So yeah, it's a good question though. What's the best through hike you like the most so far? I'll say this. I was thinking about this the other day and this is actually, uh, it's pretty tough for me because they're all like, I don't have kids, but I feel like they are like your kids <laughs> in a way. Whereas you love them for different things, but you all love, but you love them, right? But if I had to choose, like if I had to choose, like someone offered me like a hundred million dollars to choose like whatever it was, honestly, I think uh, that I would choose the John Muir Trail. And the reason I would choose the John Muir Trail is because I had a lot of, I had a lot of demons that I had to work through on that trail. 
because it was way tougher than I thought it was going to be. And for the most part on these through hikes, unless you have, like, you can make them as easy or as hard as you want. And that really comes down to what is your daily mileage. So if you have like a really tight time constraint, that is going to stress you out more and you're going to be forced to squeeze in miles. Like even when you don't really want to, I do get jealous when I saw like PCT hikers on some of these trails and they can take a zero whenever they want to. And a zero is just simply where you can rest at a hotel or do whatever you want. Right. I didn't ever had that luxury. I've never, I never had a zero day on any of these trails. And it was because I just, I couldn't like, I had to get it done because I had the stress of the job. Right. So you can make it as easy as, or as hard as you want. But to me, the JMT one, it was just absolutely incredible. But number two, like there was just so many things I had to get over in my own head because number one, there was not a lot of people on this trail. I went solo and this was during COVID. This was 2020 July. Think back to then July, 2020. This is like when thing, I didn't even know if I was gonna be able to go or fly for that matter. There was nobody on the JMT. I mean, like nobody, I would go hours without seeing people. And that was tough, but it's, you know, it's just a launch pad for the next thing that you do. And you take those experiences and I transferred it to the CT, which the CT was a hard ass trail way longer. And, but in my mind, I kind of crushed it. So (laughs) I don't know. It was, it was good. What's up guys? What's up? Yes. Right on. All right. Yes. Well, that's, so that's, you know, that, that's a good thing. That's a good point there. Fires. When is the, you know, when I say best seasons to do things, right? That's really, I, in my mind right now, the best time, the best month to do a lot of these through hikes is probably late June, early July. I would right now I would rather have snow than than wildfire smoke because wildfire smoke that is where I would call a through hike because at that point you're screwing with your long-term health. That's long-term health that is totally like not in the realm of what I'm looking for is to screw up my lungs and all that kind of stuff from wildfire smoke and on the CT I almost like had to call the trail because there was that point where I came out of slide I had a hitch in I came back and freaking dude, I could, I could not barely see my hand out in front of me. And that was from fires, not even in Colorado. And that was in early July. And I thought I had like, I thought I was like, Oh, I was going to beat all the wildfires or whatever. That was, you know, 2021. No, I didn't. So yeah, I be really selective with your months. If you're going August, which I am in the wind river high route, unfortunately, you're probably going to get smoke, which kind of kind of really sucks so i am still doing jujitsu although i am at a i have taken a quite a bit of a hiatus from jujitsu i do have my belts over here on the wall boom but a little bit of a hiatus from jujitsu and simply that's just because i'm busy with this and i'm busy with i gotta i gotta stay healthy man i gotta stay healthy so you know as far as mosquitoes and mosquito spray, I was raised in Wisconsin and there ain't much that really affects me anymore. <laughs> However, there is time. There was a time on that hundred mile section if, on the PCT. If you do that, the hundred mile section that I was talking about in Oregon and I went early July, never have seen mosquitoes that bad 
to the point where you have to run down the trail. You can't sit and eat, can't do any of that type of stuff. Like you literally have to just keep walking. You cannot sit. You have to get to camp. You can't like sit anywhere. You have to set up your tent to get in your tent. So nothing gets all over you. Right. It's, it was, it's crazy. So, all right. I appreciate the comments. I appreciate the likes. Thanks so much, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up and we're going to keep trying to do some of these lives. If you like it, please leave a comment on the video, give a like, we're going to uploading these to Spotify as well. So I think we're calling it the peanut butter and mountains podcast. I don't know, man. I got peanut butter and mountain shirts. So why not? I don't know. But if you want any other topics to be discussed, let me know in the comments as well. I appreciate y'all.